This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB Public Media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101. It's the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Return on investment, ROI, is always important to think about when doing a home improvement project. Adding value to your home with a kitchen upgrade or new deck can set your home apart, especially if you're looking to put your home on the market or maybe make your holiday visitors jealous. Today we're going to answer your home improvement questions, but also look at holiday prep around the house. Email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Here's a reminder, Fixit 101 re-airs Saturday mornings at 9, right before the Gestalt Gardener, which airs at 10. So, good morning. We have got an early caller on the line, so why don't we go immediately to the phone lines and say good morning to Jordan, who's called in from Louisiana, I believe. Good morning, Jordan. You're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, I'm from Louisiana. I live in Lumberton now. Okay. Um, but uh, we had a light frost this morning. They're saying it's going to be a cold winter. Got me thinking about uh, weatherizing the pipes, and I've heard there's a tool that I can connect to an air compressor that then connects to a uh, plumbing fixture. And I'm wondering how that works if you have to really understand the layout of your plumbing. And I believe pressure can back up into the hot water heater, uh, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But, uh, yeah, you can maybe speak to that. And if it's practical to do that every time it's going to freeze versus trying to weatherize your pipes more uh, with insulation, that kind of thing. Well, um, Pam, I'll start and you finish. Okay. Uh, Jordan, um, okay. The last thing I'm going to do is put my plumbing pipes under pressure. Uh, I, I don't think that's a good idea. It's a, it's a spider web of plumbing, if you will. So I, I think that's a bad idea. Uh, what, what, what I would do is pay attention to all of my exterior walls. That's where your, that's where your most vulnerable is going to be on your exterior walls. Make sure that I've got, um, you know, adequate, uh, penetration sealed. Um, uh, if your water heater is in the attic, if it gets super cold, make sure that you open up attic access, let some heat go up there. Um, I like that versus putting a heater. I don't, I don't like that. Uh, and then my, my last comment, nine times out of 10, it is going to get cold when you're not home. <laughs> So so try to make this thing to where you don't have to be home. Make, make sense? Right. Yeah, my, my, yes, sir. Uh, my hot water heater is actually uh, outside. Okay. And a lot of the plumbing runs under the house. It does. Um, it does. It the walls, right? That, well, you, you, your, your, your feed will come in underneath the house, but then the rest, and then you'll have some plumbing pipes come up in your island. Um, but, but you, you, you will have a, a lot of plumbing pipes in the attic. Now, uh, it wouldn't hurt to get some insulation and wrap all of those plumbing pipes, depending on the age of your home, they may already be wrapped. And how cold can they stand, say like a CPVC half inch, um, uh, if it's wrapped, is there still a point at which it could burst? 
Well, you know, if it gets cold enough, long enough. But you know, keep keep in mind. Uh, I think this week it may get down to thirty, possibly. Maybe, but uh, you have to have. It, you have to have, and my experience is, in the last 21, two years, right. when I'm pay, actually paying attention to this, is that you have to have sub-freezing temperatures consti- consistently below freezing for three days. Yeah. And then you're just, I okay. mean, that's when, and you're in Lumberton, dude. You're south of Hattiesburg. Right. <laughs> just, and, and two, man. you know, here, here's another thing to think about. You don't have to get it comfortable for you. You have to get it above 32. Yeah. Right. Is it an older home, Jordan? Uh no, it's more it's it's pretty off the beaten path. I uh I think a lot of it was homeowner done. Um I don't know how old it is actually. Yeah. Okay. You know, pull, if pull now it. the answer that we're gonna give you is gonna be different than if you live north of Memphis. Okay, so keep Correct. that in mind for any of our listeners who you know, our podcast I know goes worldwide, but we're in a southern climate, so we're in a southern zone. Um, now, with that being said, we are having some pretty strange weather. <laughs> we are. You know, so a flash freeze is going to catch anybody, you know. Uh, let me ask you this, because you've brought up something that I'm not familiar with. I've never heard of pressurizing water lines with a compressor. I've just never heard of that well, before. What's, what's the theory there? I can't remember where I saw it exactly, but what I had been doing, um, there were a few days where it was predicted to not even rise above freezing uh, over the past couple of years, even during the day. Right. So, you know, we're talking a good 48 hours. So what I did is I just took the air, uh, the blower attachment that goes on the end of the uh, air compressor. It doesn't actually pressurize the pipes. I just stick it in there and put my hand around it to get a little bit of a seal and then blast the water out of the pipes. Uh, oh, okay. The ones for outdoor fixtures, there's like outdoor sinks and things like that, just trying to get uh, all the water out of those. Oh. And sometimes I was just often surprised by uh, where the water would or would not come out, depending on what uh, fixtures I had open or not open. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I was just calling to see if there's a better way of doing that. Again, especially for those outdoor fixtures. Right. Where wrapping them, they might still just you know, they might still freeze. They might, yeah, yeah, true. And especially if you're dealing with a pawpaw house, you know, where the homeowner maybe did a lot of the work. Um, so what you're talking about is cleaning out the ice after it freezes. Oh, well, actually what I was doing was um, I was trying to get the water out of the pipes before the freeze came. Oh, so be just to clean it out. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. if the water's not pressurized, it's not going to freeze those pipes. You may end up with a little water in there that'll freeze, but it's not going to freeze them and break them. Yeah, just just cut your water off at the uh And, and drain the your stops. kitchen sink, yeah. And, and, and turn it on, yeah. Same theory with irrigation systems. People that have all these irrigation systems, that's not a pressurized system. So once you turn the water off, everything drains out. So it might freeze okay. some, but it's not going to blow the line up. Okay, yes, yeah, so that'd be a lot more simple. I could just turn off the well and um, yeah, yeah, and just, and yeah, just drain then, uh, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just draining. It seems like there's still water caught in some some spots where it, uh, you know the pipes that go lower and they come up again. But I guess if it's not under pressure, I don't even have to worry about. Yeah, if it's not pressurized, uh, because pressurized means that the system is closed. So whenever it starts to freeze, mm-hmm. water expands. It doesn't have anywhere to go except back out through the pipe. <laughs> But if it's right. not 
you know, it's like putting, you know, Jeff always talks about putting the ice in the cup and sticking our water in the cup and sticking it in the freezer. Well, if you filled that all the way to the top and did it, it'd be like putting a Coca-Cola in the freezer and the can explodes. You know, it's right. going to freeze out of the um, what it's encased in. But if you drain those lines, it might freeze, but it's not going to do any damage. Well, yes, that would be a lot easier. It will. It, it sure will. I'm all for simple. Thank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank, if you're thanks, for Jordan. A couple days, you just turn off the well, open the fixtures, and you're good. And you're good. Yep. All right. Great. Thanks, well, Jordan. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Appreciate you. All right. You can email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We like keeping uh, Jeff and Pam busy with phone calls, and looks like we got several to get to. We'll start again. Tony has called in today from. Midgeville, Georgia. Milledgeville. Milledgeville, Georgia. Sorry about that, Tony. What do you have for us today? Hey, good morning. No problem. Thank you. All right, I called a couple of weeks ago about some roof information. The roof is complete and ready to go, and now I'm getting ready to do some gutter work. So my general question is, I'm looking for some things to keep in mind when I'm getting ready to put gutters. Okay. Bad gutters. Just some general things to keep in mind. Okay. Are you doing this or are you going to hire it out? No, ma'am. It's, it's all going to be hired out. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to get I'm gonna get some criticism for what I'm fixing to say. Okay? <laughs> we but disagree on gutters if you've ever listened believe, to this show. <laughs> I believe we go. in what I'm going to tell you, Tony. Uh, every well, let's don't say everyone. A lot of gutter contractors want to take the one by two off of the house. Um, I leave my one by two on the house, and I attach my gutter to the one by two, um, which keeps it three quarters inch off of my fascia board. So, in 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 other words, when you look under. Your your eave, you see a three quarter inch airspace between your gutter and your fascia board. I like that so it doesn't rot the fascia board. If I ever get any kind of a leak or any kind of overflowing from my gutter, or, you know, stopped up or whatever. So that would be my tip of the day: leave the one by two on the house. All right. So we ready? I'm gonna give you a list to to think about. Thanks. All right. Okay. Thanks. Number one, whenever you start putting gutters on, you need to have a downspout every 30 to 40 feet. You also need to make sure, so whenever that, um, and then once the gutter is up there, you want to put a golf ball in it, and that golf ball needs to flow towards the downspout. If you leave the one-by, which is fine, you need to put a metal drip edge over it. If you don't, it will rot. Okay, the drip edge is there. The drip edge was put there when the roof was replaced. Okay, and that's fine. But they make, and these things, folks, they're not expensive. You can get 10 feet for like $6, all right? And it comes in colors. Um, the gutter people probably know about it. What I have seen them do, which I like, is put that, it's an L-flash that goes over that furring strip that Jeff is talking about. So put that on there, because if you don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, it will rot off. And you don't know it because you can't see it. Then if you're going to connect it to the furring strip, you've got to put brackets behind it. If you don't, the gutter will sag. 
In other words, if you're going to hang a gutter on a one and a half inch furring strip and you do not put something in there to hold it away from the fascia, it's going to sag. <laughs> you know, it's. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I'm looking at this old house and, and guess what it tells me? Leave the one by two on there and put furring strips behind the gutter. Okay. Uh, it's right here if y'all can see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if you don't so, put those, I can't I tell you how many times. Well, it's, a, it's a lot of weight. Weight, uh, water weighs about seven pounds per gallon. Yeah. So, you know, you, you've got a lot of weight right there. Right. And usually the furring strip is not a solid piece of wood, it's a composite. And the water will, depending on how that roof is put on, if your drip edge is not long enough on the shingle itself, it's going to backdraft onto the furring strip and then down into your gutter. The biggest thing that I see on gutter installs years down the road is the wood rot behind them because they weren't put in right, incorrect downspouts because you don't have enough. And then if you've got a lot of trees in the yard, I would consider looking at some type of a leaf guard. And there are some amazing products out there. I don't really have opinions on one or the other. Um, I've seen the the new things that you see all the time. I had a client, uh, an owner, that wanted to have a maintenance inspection done. The only thing that concerned me about it on those, and those are the ones that, you know, you, nothing's going in there but water. And I, I like that. But if you have any type of a hailstorm and especially what we call a sandblast storm, it will literally wipe the asphalt off of your roof, and that will go in those gutter guards. Now you've clogged up your gutters, <laughs> and you don't, you can't see anything. Um, so I like the idea, if I'm going to put a guard on there, I want to be able to see what's going on underneath it so that I can keep it cleaned out, because no gutter guard is perfect. But those are, those are my comments on it. Um, you know, if you go in and the, the problem, this is another problem that I have with, and, and Jeff and I are going to arm wrestle during the break over this. The, the other problem I have with putting on a one-and-a-half-inch uh, furring strip is that you have no fall at that point. So you, you don't have any room to make that gutter fall toward the downspout. Mm-hmm. So uh, your drainage inch, I've got wrong. an inch and three-quarter because, yeah. because my one-by-two is three-quarter by one and three quarters. But when you get down to the bottom of that, where's your nail going? <laughs> mm. You're going to split that furring strip if you put an attachment at the bottom of a one and, you know. So, but you know, ten and a half one dozen of another. Make sure it's angled right. Make sure it's protected. Make sure you have enough downspouts. Okay, so if I may uh, add uh, another quick question in. Okay, so I know I know in the front of the house water. We, we, our house kind of is on a hill, so I know we're going to have gutters across the front of the house. But on the back of the house, I'm just still kind of up in the air. And that's another question I'm asking is the water will come off the house and run away from the house. But do I still need gutters there? What, you, that's, that, that's an awesome question. Has the house had gutters? No, ma'am. Okay. Um, a lot of times what I see, and I tell my clients this all the time, if a house is over seven years old, that that soil has compacted and it's used to what it's got. Now, you're over in Milledgeville, so you're probably built on rock, right? I mean, it's you don't have the expansive clays that we have here in southern Mississippi. Um, so it's just a matter of getting the water away. If I don't have to have gutters, I'm not putting them up. There's too much trouble. 
So if I'm trying to keep the water off of me when I come in my garage or go in my front door, um, sure, I can I can put a gutter up there. But they're just so much trouble. So if you have enough fall in the back to where the water is draining away from the house, I wouldn't put them up. <laughs> just that's just me. Now a lot of people they don't want that the water hitting the ground and then splashing back up on their house. They don't like how that looks. Um, but well, you, we live in a brick house, so I mean, I'm not. I'm not you're not worried, worried about, about that, yeah. I'm not worried about that. I'm just thinking about you know the obvious things, foundation and all that kind of erosion around the house. Yeah, if you're if you're built on a rock, <laughs> you know you're not going to have. Now here in Central Mississippi, we rock and roll, so a lot of times we're putting up gutters. Um, I, I personally don't like them very much. If I didn't have to have them on my house, I wouldn't. Because I'm constantly having to get up on the roof and blow everything out. It drives me crazy. But, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, ten half one dozen another, Tony. Okay, well, thank you all very much. I enjoy the show. All right. Thanks for your call, Tony. Let's stay on the phone lines next. Our buddy Flinch uh, has called in from Jacks. Finch has called in from Jackson. Good morning. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, y'all. It's Fletch. Fletch. I'm sorry. I botched that up several times. Go ahead, Fletch. Sorry about that. Somebody clean, uh, uh, clean the readers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, nice. Well, we're looking up. That's always, you know, if you got bifocals and you look up, you can't see nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Jeff, yeah. hey, hey, Jeff, can you hold up that picture again? So I can't see. Yeah, I knew, I, I knew I held it up quick, man. <laughs> uh, plus, I was driving, so I missed. Uh, there you go. There you go. So. So one question, Jeff, on your leaving the one by up is yeah. until we had our house re-roofed recently, I don't know that the shingles always overlapped. Well, well, okay. If if you didn't have one by two when they redid your roof, then they will they will not. But if the one by two was on there when that when you did the re-roof, uh, obviously your shingles would overlap that that one by two. Okay, so they'll they'll uh, most most roofers will adjust it compared to what. Yes. Now you know back back to hanging this off of the uh, off of the one by two. We 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 also build a lot of houses with slanted fascia board. And we we have the same thing there. We have to put brackets under it. The the gutter uh, manufacturers has the bracket that will go under that gutter. So uh, again, uh, I think leaving the one by two is a good idea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Pam, you said you had seen some of the uh, gutter guards have you seen the price for some of them yes yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's outrageous it's yeah it's it's kind of crazy i and that's why i said you know i'm not sure that i would go that direction just because you have to um you can't see underneath them you know i was talking to i had a guy come out and look at my house the other day we're still talking about drainage over there and um one of the suggestions was to put in a drain that would go underground and he and i looked at each other and both shook our heads and like we're not doing that (laughs) i need to see i want to know what i'm looking at (laughs) one one last question um can can y'all be held liable for some of the advice y'all give Absolutely not. No way. Uh-uh. No. Okay. There's well, a there's a disclaimer. You didn't read it. <laughs> well, uh, it's what, it's what we see on the radio, man. <laughs> so y'all advised somebody the other day. Oh, she needed to cut something small. And you need 
and you told her to get a multi-tool. And I'm like, I don't think a pocket knife is going to get that. No. No, 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 no. That's, that's we were not the multi-tool we're talking we're about. We're talking about a powered multi-tool. That's yeah. right. I looked it. I found it. Okay. I've been using it so much, my wife's getting mad at me. That's probably going to y'all reliable. Oh. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Uh, I've got one, and I have the same experience. I use that son of a gun all the time. <laughs> all the time. Used it 15 minutes this morning. Good stuff. Thank y'all. All right. Let's, thanks, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, what is the powered multi tool? What does it do? Everything. <laughs> I mean, does it look like a drill or something? Or what? I mean, let's see. How would you describe that on the um, radio? It kind of looks like a um, a grinder, maybe. Well, it's a it's long, slender, um, with a vibrating blade at the end of it. Um, it is very useful. We. We use it. Uh, we were introduced to a multi-tool. Uh, there's one manufacturer called Fine, built in Germany, uh, extremely expensive. Um, Fifteen years ago, we bought this. We bought this Fine tool. What we would use it for when we would replace windows, mm-hmm. instead of taking the trim off of the. Off of the inside, we could go in with the fine tool, cut the cut the nails, and be able to remove that window and never remove the uh, interior trim. An interior trim. You can use it on your door jams. Oh, yeah. You can use it to cut nails anywhere. Sure. You can do, let's say you're putting flooring and, down, you can cut to, grooves it's, out. It's not, it's not expensive Mm-mm. now. Mm-mm. Uh, I think you can get a good Milwaukee for... Hundred bucks? Yeah, under hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah, especially now, Santa Claus. Yeah. So that's a good gift, uh, folks, if you want to put that on your list. Yeah. The the way you describe it almost sounds like a, an electric carving knife. Kind, yes. Very similar. Yes, very similar to that. Only uh, moves much much quicker. Well, and you think about the difference. Like if you know what a sawzall is, is that the sawzall is vib- it's going. It's it's going to be if you cut from the side. The multi tool you can come in from the front. Right. That's what's so cool about these things. Yeah, and it is extremely user friendly. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. It's the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. Kevin Farrell here with uh, Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector and inspect it like a girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Let's head back to the phone lines. We'll go to Pearl next. Alan has called in today. Good morning, Alan. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Uh, yes, sir. Appreciate y'all taking my call. Um, I've got a question. My daughter and son-in-law live in the Starkville area, and they moved in an older house years ago when it had no ridge vent, um, no soffits or uh, vents or anything. So they had a roofing company to come out and put a ridge vent in. And later on, you know, as us daddies do, we I've got... When I went up there, I got up there nosing around looking, and I noticed that they only cut the ridge down one side. Is that right, or was it supposed to have been cut down both sides? It, it should have been cut down both sides, um, Alan. Also, just putting the ridge vent, and because you mentioned soffit vents as well, if you only have a ridge vent, you're not doing anything. You, you have to have both. Yes, sir. Well, I helped them um, put the soffit vents in. So, oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Yes, to get that draw. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Now, and, will it 
Will it work with only cutting one side of the ridge? Probably. There's some other factors. What is the roof pitch? Uh, there's several other factor, uh, factors that, that come into play. But picture a ridge vent like you're, like you're breathing. Uh, the, the clearer your air passages are, the better breath you have going in and coming out. Same way with the roof. The better ventilation, the longer that roof is going to last. Yeah, and I told my son-in-law that I didn't think that was right. And he no, mentioned, well, it's... somebody else had looked at it and said, oh, that's fine. And I'm like, oh, no. Well, you know, I see, I see it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I do, especially in older houses when you're retrofitting. And there may be some reasons that we don't know that they didn't cut the other side. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I wonder if ventilation is even a thing. <laughs> well, I right. can assure you it is because we have replaced roofs that had in, inadequate um, ventilation. Now, have you heard the term blisters? It looks a whole lot like hail yeah, damage. Yeah, if it's baking. Now, I bet but that it's, house it's a was... blister. Yeah, but see, the house was probably... This is what I talk about all the time. It's conditional. If the house has got a lot of shade around it, well, and there's not direct sun on it, that is, that is you know, and it begins to bake. So I'm not sure, Alan, and I say this to my clients all the time, I'm just not sure I'd lose a whole lot of sleep over it not getting cut on right. the other side. Because it's going right. to be show. It's it's going to be a lot of trouble to get them back mm-hmm. over there, and it's going to be a oh, lot yeah. of trouble to get them. They're going to damage the roof when they get up there. So right. should it have been cut on both sides? Yes, but we don't know why they didn't. Right. And it yeah. could be as simple as the blade broke when they got down one side. <laughs> you know, right. they just didn't want to get down and get another blade. As strange as that sounds, right. it's probably true. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. All right, Alan. Thanks for calling in this morning. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus and Jeff Sammons. We're looking for your home improvement calls. Off to the hub city of Hattiesburg next. Grady has called in today. Good morning, Grady. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning. Morning. I built a house. Good morning. I built a house 23 years ago, and I had gutters on every house before then, and I decided I was not going to put gutters on this house. But what I did do was I put a rain deflector over my front doorway as well as uh, some rear doors. And that keeps the water off, not only my entryways, but I have brick steps. And the rain would, uh, and I got soft brick like old St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And it'd tear rain. it up. <laughs> that's right. It sure does. That's another thing. You ever get your house washed, be careful of how you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, so, especially on that old brick. Electrics, in my opinion, are a great idea. And the other thing I wanted to comment on was why they don't build houses with wide overhangs like they used to. You that know, overhang is, it's... that overhang is give two reasons I can think of. One is for shade and protection, not only for windows and doors, but even your siding. That's right. That's the only comment that I got you... to make. You know, I, I remember back in the day. I, I, I uh, I'm, I'm early '60s, and and I remember you you could go you, the home you grew up in probably had a three or a four foot 
overhang. It was it was great. Now, getting back to your question, why don't we do that today? I think it's twofold. I think it's design, and I think it's cost. Um, as a builder, we are paid by heated square footage. So there's a lot of extra money right there that obviously costs more. But can you imagine going into a new subdivision today and seeing a house that we have maybe a foot overhang on and seeing a three-foot? I think you'd end up living in it yourself. Well, (laughs) yeah. I think a lot depends on the pitch of the roof too. It the does. Better it looks. Yeah, you know we're 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 getting so ridiculous. We're just trying to see how high we can build these roofs and how long we can get that piece of lumber. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Let me let me say something about your roof deflectors because I I love the idea. The thing that that you have to be careful about with roof deflectors is uh, catching debris. And also with our gully washers that we get, where we're getting two, three inches an hour, if that deflector is not angled in any way, you're going to backwater up underneath your shingle where that deflector is installed. So you just have to be smart whenever you start use. I had actually had a house I inspected this past year where that was what was happening. They'd put a deflector up there. It actually didn't even look like it was meant to be a deflector. It was another piece of metal. It had rusted the metal off, but I also had the roof was leaking when I got up in the in the attic. You could see the water had backed up underneath the shingle. So just just be careful. I like the idea. I like it better than gutters. <laughs> but there's always, you know, products are only as good as the install. <laughs> That's correct. And the way to get around that, what you're talking about, is use that ice and water shield. Uh, yes. Anywhere you got a roof, roof pitch change, and not only that, on the lower pitch, you use ice and water shield on the whole roof area. Well, then that's brilliant. Ice and water shield is a... How would you describe ice and water shield? It's a. It's, it's like a rubber membrane. Yeah, um, it is sticky. No, I like it. It's sticky. I and like it in the valleys. I like it on low pitch. Yeah, I had them use that whenever I had my roof redone in, in particular areas. Okay, thank you. All right, uh, Grady, thanks for your call this morning. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. It's been a busy day on the phone, so we will stay there. And next we're off to the Delta. Christopher is on the line. Uh, sorry. Yeah, all right. Go ahead, Christopher. You're on the air with us. It's your turn. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, what I do, I'm a trucker, a local trucker here in Mississippi, and I buy blighted and blighted properties um, for little or nothing. Um, in Itabina, I purchased a 1930s um, bungalow-style house, and it has a raised foundation. Um I want some. I, I once I buy the properties, I, I rehab them 100%. I gut them down to the studs and go back everything brand new. Um, this particular one, it's a raised foundation, and I've got mixed reviews. Some people say that the OSB is the best floor, subflooring to use, and others say the particle board is the best to use for the Delta. What, what do you guys think? Yeah. Well, wait, wait a minute. Are you talking about for your attic? No, he's subflooring. No. 
Oh, oh, oh. He's subflooring oh, over, oh, sub uh, over a crawl space, so he's oh, tearing a, out the decking. A, 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 absolutely not. I'm not going to use OSB for my subfloor. I'm going to use uh, um, three-quarter subfloor tongue and groove material. I'm going to liquid nail it down, and I'm going to screw it down. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And okay. Oh, abso- absolutely. Now, this is for a subfloor that is eventually going to be a room on a second story. No, he's on a conventional. No. Oh, absolutely. I'm not using uh, OSB. Yeah. No way. Yeah. And let me tell you this, too. While you've got that floor ripped up, take care of anything you can underneath it. Like you may want to come back in with a, a visqueen, make sure all your drainage is good around it. You know, those type of things, so that whenever you put that floor down, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Okay, I'm having the house leveled right now, and so I'm, I'm, we're about to, once they're done leveling it, they're going to go and do the subflooring, and I just want to make sure we're using the right material. I want something that's going to be quiet, too. Uh, we're, well, going, we're going in with engineered uh, hardwood. They, they make a product. It is called Quiet Floor. Um and like I said, it's three quarter, uh, it's tongue and groove. It is that is what it is made for. Okay, three quarter. I'm yeah. taking notes too. And make sure if you're going to come back in with an en- engineered wood floor, I'm just going to go back and stress once again you've got to take care of the water that's underneath that house. Because if you put down that engineered wood floor and then you end up with standing water underneath the house, that floor is going to curl. <laughs> it's just, uh, and there's there's no standing water. It's uh, the houses. The guts are absolutely um, the material and the way it's built is pure solid. Awesome, awesome. Uh, and the wood, I've, we've gutted it all the way down to the studs. It has the twelve foot ceilings. The ceilings are actually much taller. It could be. Uh, I can actually have upstairs in the house. Nice, in Itabina. That's one of my favorite towns to say here in Mississippi, Itabina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I take these properties and I uh, list them as short-term rentals. And, and who would think people want to come and visit Itabina? Itabina. I'm, uh, Itabina. I'm, I'm constantly booked. That's awesome. Are, they're, yeah. They're Airbnbs and they're constantly booked. Where, where is that? It's in the Delta. Oh. I bet you're up. Itabina is up there. Are you near Cleveland? Um, we're 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 south of Cleveland. Okay. Um, it's Greenwood, Mississippi, five miles from Greenwood. Okay. Oh, there you okay. Go. Hello. Yeah. Uh-huh. I spent my childhood in Greenwood. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, man. It's some it's some it's some flat. If you're listening oh, from yeah. anywhere outside of Mississippi, the Delta is flat. <laughs> <laughs> it's flat. It, it's still beautiful though, and I like the culture of people there. So it's it's home. Yeah. I like it. I love it. Well, but, good for you for taking, you know, because Jeff builds new houses. I like to restore old ones. I just think that's the that's, coolest thing ever. That's what my passion is. I left banking for trucking, and once I got into trucking, about three months later, I just started buying up properties and renovating them. I didn't want anything new. I get the stuff that nobody wants. No I, I want to bring it back to life. I want to be like you when I grow up. Man, I yeah. want to get in that truck. <laughs> nobody bothers me and just go somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. It was great talking to you guys. I that, listen to this show uh, all day well, long. Thank, so. thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. 
It's a good thing we had a couple of breaks in the show today. It gave Pam and Jeff a time to catch their breath because it's been a busy day. With... I'm exhausted. That's <laughs> the way we like it. Uh, let's go back to the phones. We go back again, this time to Mobile. Beth has called in today. Beth, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just had some roof work done on um, a roof that was that had tongue and groove underneath it. Yep. Um, and my insurance company, and I made an insurance company claim, and they um, agreed, yes, that tongue and groove needed to go back. Um, yep. the, the The roofer has disappeared. Um, it's not tongue and groove. Yep. Um, he just simply attached a piece of plywood to it. Correct. And left a lot of the rotten um, tongue and groove. And, okay, I'm a lawyer, so I don't know all about roofing, but I went and did some research, and it said tongue and groove was very good because it gave a tighter seal. It's, um, yeah, in know, fact, in our northern counties, uh, it is right. it is code because of the snow load. But mm-hmm. uh, c- continue with your story, please. So my fear is, um, you know, that he has installed plywood over tongue and groove. And I'm wondering, is that even a, I I mean, I read plywood, you know, tongue and groove, I guess, was like the ultimate. Um, And and, uh, is applying plywood over tongue and groove going to cause a problem and make even a worse deal? Let me ask some questions. Okay, so tongue and Uh groove means you probably got an older property, right? Right, it was built in the 60s. Okay, and so did he come in and put plywood over all of it or just patched it in certain places with... um, Patched it in certain places and left some rotten tongue And left it underneath. There's rotten underneath. So now there's going to be ripples in the roof because it's going to telegraph through. Yeah, it may not be Um, um, flat. Have you made your final payment to the roofing company? Unfortunately, yes. Um, the owner of the roofing company had no idea this was going on, and he's trying to rectify much of what this guy did, um, including painting my front door while it was closed from white to black. And right. so when I opened the door, I have a yeah. nice white outline. Oh, wow. How fun. Um, okay. Well, yeah. um, is, is, what, what, is your name Kathleen? That's Beth. Oh, it's Beth. Oh, okay, yeah. Beth. Yeah, yeah. You you went off our screen. Okay. Um, how, how do you know they did this? Because the roof is back on, right? The roof is back on, but it occurred because of a leak. I mean, this is a room I don't even go in. I okay. I've been okay. in it for three years because my bedroom's downstairs, and so I saw it. And they sent out a structural engineer along with a just an adjuster. Okay. And okay. I mean, I just hate it because I got. I got um, certainty premium shingles. So okay. he installed all of this over, you know, he installed it, these nice shingles on top. Is the is the roofer a licensed contractor? Yes. Okay. Real, it's real easy. File a complaint. Okay. Um, okay. And I mean, you're 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 an attorney, so right. uh, I, I would I would file a complaint uh, with uh, board of contractors. Um, okay. and you know, look, it's, 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 um, it was improper installation, uh, covered up defective product and, and, and you paid this person to remove the, um, damaged and replace with new, 
Correct. Right, and he told the and he told the insurance company that he did that. Ah. Well, there you and go. Now, now, yeah. now we've got. Um, now, <laughs> I don't. I'm not even going to say that word, but but. Yeah, I, you know, I, I know the word. I know the word. Yeah, yeah. Beth, what I would do too. Think about this. Go ahead and get an independent. You're down in Mobile. I'm sure you all have right. home inspectors down there. I'd get an inspector out there to document everything for you, and then start okay. going through the process. Yeah. And then you okay. you probably want to go with most of the time. If if the owner of the company wants to work with you, I would certainly try to see if sure. they would work with you to get it all rectified. If you if you hit that. You know, at the very end, if you can't get that done, then you start taking all right. the other actions. Well, Beth, it's an right. easy, it's an easy decision. Remove the roof, repair it, do it right, and put the roof back on. There's no debate okay. here. So. Right, right, right. Um, and I did. I have a flat roof area too, and it you know finally rained in Mobile. Um, there's three inches of water sitting on the flat roof. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. you Sorry know, to hear that. in an yeah. older home, I'm just going to say this. I have the same thing. I think. Flat roofs were developed by a roofer who knew he could make a lot of money off of a flat roof. Right. I mean, it was a terrible idea. Well, terrible. It, it was created by the architect yeah, that drew it. Yeah, just terrible. Um, what kind of roofing did you put on your flat roof? Um, I, I, I don't even know what the guy did, but, um, you know, there's always been a problem where the shingles meet the flat roof, and this is in a totally different area. And when he put on the roof, it was on the flat roof where the shingles meet. It was basically raining in my house. Yeah. Um, well, and, and he attempted to fix that, but you know, um, the, the, at least the guy who owns the roofer, he sent someone out the other day who was getting all the water off of the roof. Yeah. Uh, off of the flat roof. Sometimes, and what they can do, and I have personal experience with this and worked with roofing companies on this, on a flat roof, what they did in my situation is because I have the same thing, I got water standing up there all the time, is they came in with foam board and put that down in the middle so that there's almost like a hump. That's right. And then they came in and I used TPO. Yeah. Which is a rubber membrane. And they ran that rubber membrane I bet it was 18 inches up the slope, okay? And so now, even though I do have water on my flat roof, it's a swimming pool. I mean, it's just... Right. But it's an old house. My house was built in 58, too, so sometimes you're just going to have that. But those were the kind of puzzles I had to solve (laughs) on mine, too. Beth, thank you. Well, thank you. you, you, You... and you confirmed what exactly what I expected. Yeah. All right. Yeah, good luck with it. Thanks, Beth, for your call. Let's work uh, Kathleen's call in here to end the show from Osaka. Good morning, Kathleen. Go ahead. Good morning, guys. We'll make this quick. There's another option. You can use a landscaper or possibly a pool guy to a uh, company to no gutters. No gutters. Let the roof, if it's a uh, roof or the Whatever you've got roofing comes off far enough, you can put a French drain in or even uh, a, like a drain that has pipe underground that goes to an area, like a sway or a pond or something, and you'd be surprised at the difference it would make. Because here, when we had Ida, yeah. when, we had, when we had Ida, it rained 24 inches here in 24 hours. 
So, uh, even if you had the biggest gutter like Yearbell, it wouldn't help. So, you just have to uh, consider the circumstances because times, they are a-changing. Thanks, Kathleen. All right. That uh, is going to wrap us up for today. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. Funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Lacey Alexander and engineered by Jermaine Flood. So for Pam Pibus and Jeff Sammons, I'm Kevin Farrell. Inviting you to stay tuned up next at 10. It's Everyday Tech, and we'll be back next Wednesday at 9 for another Fix It 101, heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Oh,